1: Thank you for joining us today on Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today we're going to talk about 10 ways to reduce your cat's fear and anxiety. But before we jump into that, let me welcome to the show my handsome husband and co host, Dewey Vaughn.
2: Hey, thank you, my love. And hello to all you cat fans out there in the great big cat world. Wow, this is. Probably a conversation that can apply to about anything and anybody and, you know what, <clears throat> specifically to cats. I mean, you know, from my perspective, I see, you know, lots of times cats become fearful and anxious about lots of different things. So mm-hmm, I'm excited to see how this uh, this 10 ways to reduce that comes into play. So... What are you?
1: What are you clicking in the background there? Are you clicker Uh, training yourself? I am click click click. (laughs) It's all
2: about listening to the click.
1: (laughs) And and you're right. There are lots of sources of fear and anxiety for cats. I mean, goodness, we could. And I think we have already done a whole podcast on what some of those might be. Um, And so we won't rehash that. But, you know, it could be all kinds of things. It could be other cats. It could be predators. It could be it's just in your cat's genetics and they're just that way. But whatever the source of fear and anxiety Today, we have 10 things that you can do that will reduce it. And if your cat is not experiencing fear or anxiety, you'd still want to do these things so that it doesn't develop it. Because, you know, I get a lot of calls. We'll be on a behavior call about something like, you know, the cat's pooping outside the litter box. And and, and I'll say, well, tell me what your litter boxes are like. And they'll say, well, they're, you know, this way and that way and the other way. And I go, well, you should make a change because what you have is very stressful for the cat. And they say, but they've always used them. It didn't become an issue until recently. And, you know, sometimes there's not a very evident event that causes a cat to begin to act fearful. But... Whatever it is, it's there, and we need to do everything we can to reduce their stress and so that they're not feeling fear.
2: Okay, so what's the very first thing we can do?
1: Um, well, let's talk about litter boxes since I, since I brought that up. Um, this is actually number three on my list of ten, and, and they're not ranked in any order of of priority or preference or effectiveness just random order so but anyway number three is provide a comfortable litter box setup so that's like essential to a cat kind of like our toilet is essential to us in a lot of ways you know when we go in to go to the bathroom we want it to be clean and we want it to be comfortable we want it to be the right size right we we don't want to be in a room that's too big or too small and, you know, and we want our toilet paper to feel just right. So <laughs> the same thing is true with a cat. You know, the litter box needs to be big enough, one and a half times the length of your cat from the tip of his nose to the to the base of his tail, by the way. Most commercial boxes are not. Doesn't mean you have to have a commercial box, but um that's on another episode on all about litter boxes <clears throat> but uncovered is very very important for especially for a multi cat household but even in a single cat household when you cover a litter box you can imagine how magnified those you know ammonia particles in the air and and all that scent is and so you know it smells horrible in there so and litter you know litter to them, is I guess kind of like our toilet paper. They want it to be soft, and they don't want it to be too deep or too shallow. So, um, providing a good litter box setup is actually number three on the list.
2: Well, you know, I had to go there for a minute, and I was thinking when you said that we like to have our toilet paper there. You know how <laughs> kitties love to have the toilet paper, and they love to shred the toilet paper. So would it help to reduce anxiety by setting up a little toilet paper roll right next to the (laughs) kitty box so that way when they're done, they can come out and just rip and shred the toilet paper roll?
1: Well, I mean, that might be enriching, I guess. <laughs> it, you know, we <laughs> missed that. When we got Pico as a kitten, I thought for sure we were going to have to go through litter box. I mean, litter, toilet paper shredding, and uh, and he never really did that. I think he tried it once, and I thought it was cute. I kind of encouraged it because I laughed at him and told him how cute he was, but he never really did it again. But, you know, I, I think when cats go to the bathroom, they're so focused on going to the bathroom that they're really not focused on, well, let's have a scratching post or let's have wand toys at the same time. It's, you know, we tend to entertain ourselves in the bathroom on phone games and things, but not exactly the same for cats. You know, since they're both predator and prey, when they do things, when they engage in activities that make them vulnerable, like pooping and peeing, pooping in particular, because it takes longer, um, you know, they're always instinctively feeling vulnerable and that something might get them. Hence the other reason for having an uncovered box so that they can see things coming and they have multiple escape routes out of the litter box and things like that. So... I'm not sure adding enrichment to the potty routine is where we <laughs> want to go
2: with that, honey. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on then. Uh, so if uh, Litterbox was number three on your list, what would be number one?
1: So number one, again, not in, in order of priority, but number one I have as private places, You know, because even the most outgoing, confident cat like Pico wants a really safe and secure place to hang out. And he has that in his little wall bed. You know, he climbs up very, very high, 10, 10 plus feet off the floor and lays in his bed. And we can't reach him there. And I always encourage people two things. You know, create shelves and climbing spaces and high up spaces for your cat so that You know, when they're up there, they're away from people and the other animals, and those are safe zones. And have a really tall cat tree, maybe that leads up to those high shelving areas, and make a rule in the house that whenever the cat is on that cat tree, that's a no-touch zone, so that the cat's always got a home base it can go to and not have somebody in its face. And especially if you have young children, it's really hard to teach them, don't touch the cat because, I mean, they're cute and they're cuddly and they're different looking. And so kids are always wanting to go over and touch the cat. It's a lot easier to say, don't touch the cat when he's on the cat tree. That is his, that's his home base, safe zone. And I think, you know, again, you think about a lot of this in terms of people and we can relate. You know, we, we kind of like to have our areas where we relax and chill out and don't feel like we have a lot of, jobs or things to do at the moment. And, and we can relax safely in those areas. So cats need that too, even confident ones.
2: You know, that's incredible that we think about that, but that's a very true conversation. Now, a lot of people just think the cat will find its own private place, like up on their bed or in the closet or someplace like that. But, you know, setting something up, I think like a high cat tree like you're talking about or setting up high places like we did with Pico and he can get up all the way up on a bed that's you know eight ten feet off the ground and enjoys that that's that's an interesting way of treating anxiety I, I can see that working so um, what's second on your list
1: second on the list is creating routine cats love things that are familiar you know, think about it like your grandparents or, or yourself in many cases where you're more comfortable with routine. Yeah. You know, you, you like things that are predictable, not unpredictable. And, yeah. I mean, we all like surprises from time to time, but um, cats are probably not included in that. They're really not crazy about surprises unless it's a fresh piece of turkey you want to share with them <laughs> or something like that. But Yay. But it gives <laughs> – what it does is it – it creates a sense of control for your cat. And when your cat is in control, then it feels very safe and, and it doesn't have a lot of anxiety. So, you know, one of the ways that we give them a, a sense of control is to create routine. And so does that mean that, you know, your entire day has to be done on a schedule too? So that, you know, because you're a key part of your cat's environment, of course, you um, Not really, but it is better for the cat if you come and go at the same times of the day. But more importantly, that the things that the cat gets, like eating, happens at very specific times. I mean, you know, Dewey, how we revolve our life around Pico's meals and getting home in time to feed him and stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, when you're
2: not home and I'm in my office working and it's at that 12 o'clock time or, you know, every once in a while he'll sleep past the 12 o'clock routine. Mm-hmm. But he will be in here within an hour of that, you know, uh, wh- which he's not normally and uh, he's pushing, pushing on my leg or, you know, causing all kinds of havoc all throughout the <laughs> office, you know. <laughs> And and I look at him and I go, okay, why are you doing this? You don't normally do this. And then I go, oh, you know what? It is. I look at the time. It is past that time, and mom's
1: not home. (laughs) I need to teach you. I know
2: what you're doing. All right. You're telling me get up and go take care of my routine. And
1: feed me. My routine is out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. I need to teach him how to ring that bell. So that when he's hungry, he can just go ring the bell. And then there won't be any question in your mind, what do you want?
2: You know, another time I have to think about that same routine. <clears throat> we were at some friend's house who had, at that time, I think they had, what, four or five cats. And some some of their cats, if not a lot of their cats, all kind of went outside. But there was a meal routine. And it was interesting to see all the cats converging in. Into the kitchen at the same time. I mean, uh-huh. and that was kind of the the door ringing <laughs> or bell ringing time for them. They all converge. they I know it. When you have of that like, when you have that many cats showing up in your uh, kitchen all at the same time, I think the message is real clear. It's time it, for all the time moves.
1: to eat. Well, and it then you know it's like cows going back to the barn for dinner yeah, at certain times that's of the day.
2: True. That's you know. Very-
1: yeah, and and speaking of dinner, that's actually number four on my list, and number four is feeding quality food, and um, and and you know, and we've done many podcasts on this, and I talk about this a lot because nutrition is absolutely the foundation for a cat feeling good, you know, and and being healthy, of course. So I'm sure that's true for us as well, but but they. You know, and everything from feeding quality food to how often you feed the food. So, you know, to, to quickly define quality food, you know, in my opinion, that is a, a moist, not a dry food diet. And preferably one that contains the things that cats naturally eat, which is meat, bones, organs, right? And um, some foods are better than others. You know, there are commercial raw diets that are probably the best. And, you know, just cheap canned foods are probably the worst of that. But any, any feeding of wet food is better than dehydrating your cat with dry food. So that's the place to start. And then, you know, how often you feed, like you just heard us talking about, Our lives revolving around getting back to the house to feed Pico or, you know, to to indulge his time clock. So we feed him five meals a day, four in person, and then one in a food timer. And on days like yesterday when we weren't here all day, then we set up that food timer to go off at the time he would normally be fed. So he's fed That's a little closer to natural to them because in the wild, left to their own devices, they're going to eat 10 to 20 small meals a day as opposed to just two and as opposed to the five we feed. But at least five is a little closer to natural because I don't know about you, but I don't have time to feed 10 meals a day.
2: You know, while you're on that topic, essentially, because we're really talking about anxiety and fear and stuff like that, and you're talking about feeding quality foods, if your cat is seeming more anxious than normal or having some, you know, particular skittish kind of feelings, is it good to add to that quality food some kind of CBD or something that might help um, some of that anxiety? Is that a good Good direction to go at that time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, CBD can't hurt your cat. So it's a good thing to try. There are also other over the counter calming medications. Zil- Zilkine is one of them. Soloquin is another. I have links to those on the resources part of our website under food and nutrition. And um, if you can't navigate there, just drop me an email, molly at cattalkradio.com, and I'm happy to. Happy to share those with you. You know, it's really when we're talking about stress and anxiety, the type of food isn't always as important as how frequently you're feeding. So, you know, free feeding cats dry food is, is not natural and it's boring to them. So, you know, making a meal schedule and keeping to it will make the cat feel much more confident and secure in its environment. And well that go go, no, you go ahead.
2: (laughs) I was just gonna (laughs) roll roll on here for a minute, but if you got something profound to say before I do that, then please share that.
1: No, no, roll on. I'm not profound in any way, shape, or form. Now you
2: just asked me to start singing. Roll on, (laughs) baby, roll on. (laughs) So we've gotten through like one through four. How about number five? What's on your list for number five?
1: So five is kind of related in in the food category. Five is... is hiding food and creating foraging opportunities. Now, I don't I don't mean the meals. These are in addition to the meals because you know, your cat's genetically wired to hunt and when we and and in the wild they'd be spending 6 hours a day hunting. And so when we keep a cat indoors, you know, they're not getting that opportunity. And when they don't get that opportunity, it it creates a lot of pent-up energy in a cat just naturally. So you know take some time to get food puzzles. You can either go to our store at catbehaviorsolutions.org in the boutique shop and I have two kinds. I have a ball or I have a fish bowl. I recommend getting both because they teach different skills or you can make them yourself and Use a toilet paper roll core and you know, put bowls in it and fold down the ends and put treats in there. And this is where you can use your dry food or, or greenies or hard treats like that. You can take a cracker box, an empty cracker box, and put them in there so it has to cat has to learn to scoop them out. And then the time of day that you're putting out these food puzzles is important. So, you want to make that the same times that cats naturally hunt, which would be the pre-dawn and um, post-sunset hours. So, right there in the twilight hours in the morning and the evening. So, I put them out, you know, kind of hide them before we go to bed. And then, again, in the evening, you know, right at dusk are good times. Maybe right before that morning or that evening meal that works. So, yeah. So, number five is hiding food and and creating foraging opportunities. Okay, so I can tie a
2: couple of these together then. So if we do the one with the litter box and you put the toilet paper roll on its stick and the cat gets through unrolling and shredding all the toilet paper, what's left? is the toilet paper <laughs> core. Now you can use the core, to put food puzzles in, and look, we're being so efficient and yet enriching <laughs> all at the same time.
1: Well, <laughs> actually... Cats do not, and this is another, uh, just another tip to throw in. It's not one of the 10, but cats don't like their food in close proximity to their litter boxes. They don't like to shit where they eat, I guess is the term. So if you have a small room and you've got your bowls, you know, within three or four feet of the litter boxes, that's probably not ideal. They definitely want to have their food separate from the litter box area. So I, I don't was think just talking about using the core itself,
2: not to, not where I was going to put the food, but at okay, least, yeah. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> just to clarify, folks. Okay.
1: But you know, you were talking about scratching options. You know, like yeah, tearing up the toilet paper. That's nice. number six, right? So number six oh, is giving. Oh,
2: number scratching six, options. scratch we'll them see. up. Talk to Are us about that. you peeking
1: on my list? <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know, you can give them all kinds of scratching options, <laughs> anything from the back of your sofa to, you know, good scratching posts. And, and what makes, well, first of all, let me say that all cats have to scratch. So if you don't have places for your cats to scratch and you're not allowing them to scratch on your furniture, then you're going to have an, an unhappy cat, a stressed out cat. And then, of course, if you're not allowing them to scratch on your furniture, you're probably punishing them, which creates more fear and anxiety for a cat because they don't mentally connect those things, you know, that they don't connect, oh, I did that and that got me punishment, so I shouldn't do that anymore. That's more of a dog's way of thinking. So all the cat thinks is, oh, my God, she got all loud and unpredictable on me. Oh, crap, I can't trust her either. And and that's more where their mind goes, so. So, provide um, scratching posts. And what makes a good scratching post is its height or length. Because a cat needs to scratch in order to express its territorial claiming, right? They have little scent glands between their toes. And so when they scratch on things, it's like them rubbing on the corners of your house. It's basically saying, this is mine. And they also need to get a good back stretch. So that's why those scratching posts have to be long and or tall. Some cats like to scratch vertically, some horizontally, some both. But um, your cat needs to be able to fully stretch up. Like if it's sitting on its haunches and it's reaching up, it's got to be able to have a full reach up to scratch to to stretch its back. So you know that's three plus feet tall on a scratching post. And you can make your own, but a cat has to have one. So that was number six. You know
2: that's interesting because. You think about a lot of people who, who go, maybe first-time cat owners, or even some people don't even know, they'll go to the store, the pet store, after they get a cat, and they know that they have to have something scratched, and they get these little one-foot scratching posts, and they're wondering why the cat's always scratching on their furniture as opposed to the little one-foot post. True. You know, which you know, you got a cat that stands one foot high (laughs) and you got a little scratching post that stands one foot high, you know, the cat's not getting that stretch of the back or that deep, long, you know, pull that it likes to have or it needs, as you've talked about in the past. So really important to pay attention to that. I, You know, I think I've heard you talk to people about that. How big is your scratching post? Oh, it's right here. Look. And it's as it it's shorter than the cat is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, and the, and position, you know, you 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 made me think of something else too and that's the positioning of the scratching post.
2: Yeah, that's right, you know. And
1: you know, you know like, so- do you know why ours is by the back door by the way? No. I you just don't? figured
2: that I figure you arranged the furniture in our house anyway, so what do I have to do? To I'm not going to question that. It's like, well, you know, I'm not going to go, honey, why the hell did you put the couch there? Oh, no, honey, why the hell did you put his scratching post there? You know, no way, baby, I'm not going to ask that.
1: Well... Just for your knowledge, your trivia knowledge, next time we have friends over, you can you can ask them, do you know why our scratching post is by the back door? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> is, it, we're
2: all going to stand around drinking and going, look at this scratching post. It's right here by the door, and we're going to talk about it for an hour.
1: <laughs> but there is a very good reason. I mean, I was very purposeful in why I put that there. Because I
2: believe that about everything you do, my mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because cats... You know, they have to scratch in order to express their territorial claim. And if they see a cat outside, they're going to want to scratch something near where they saw that cat outside. So if we didn't have that scratching post there by the back door, the next closest thing to the back door is the back of the sofa. So he's more, he'll go use the back of the sofa If there isn't a scratching opportunity by a place where he's liable to see other cats.
2: Wow, that's interesting, you know, and that's really important and fits firmly right into what we're talking about, fear and anxiety. Because, you know, as we've seen, the anxiousness that happens when there's a cat lurking outside I mean, it's important, so that's a really good point that you're adding there. So, okay, let's roll into number seven, then. We're getting down to the bottom of the list. What's number seven?
1: So seven is is similar to five, but different, right? And seven is presenting mentally stimulating challenges which of course the food foraging is that that is also mentally stimulating but but a step further you know because cats get bored and boredom leads to stress and of course pent-up energy so you need to give them problem-solving you know, cognitive type of opportunities. Now, that would be like what you were doing earlier, clicker training yourself. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're
2: not supposed to tell people about that, my love.
1: <laughs> Everybody thinks I have you clicker trained. Ah,
2: <laughs> uh, you do. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm probably hypnotized, you know, and don't even know it. And
1: you know as you're happy. That's all they Um, Yeah, so clicker training is probably the the best thing you can do or, you know, any kind of positive reinforcement training. Like when I train Pico, I don't use a clicker because it's just me training him. And so I'll find a new behavior to teach him and he has to try to figure out what I want. And it's kind of like that. Um, warmer, warmer, colder game, you know, so you're rewarding them as they're getting closer to what it is you want them to do. And, and you know, you're so like, I had him jumping through a, a hoop. And then I thought, I don't want to have to go get the hoop every time I want to do stuff with him. So I held out my arm. And I started with it really low, kind of like the limbo game. And I had him go over my arm and reward it. And then I raised the arm a little higher, a little higher. And now I can hold my arm out and say over. And he'll jump over my arm and, and get his treat. So things like that. you know, We try to teach him new behaviors all the time. And that's fun for them. And it's mentally stimulating. And they, they love it. So keep those cats mentally challenged.
2: Yay, mentally challenged. All right, well, that was pretty interesting also. Let's let, let's let's talk about number 8. How does number 8 fit into the whole this? So stuff?
1: number 8 is something you probably wouldn't even expect for me to have on my list, but um maybe you would. But but number 8 is comfortably interacting. And and by that I mean you know, not all cats like to be pet the way we think we should be petting them, you know, and they're, and they're good at expressing their petting desires if you're paying attention to them. You know, I always say, as a rule of thumb, allow your cat to initiate the petting. Let him come to you when he wants interaction. And when you don't, you know, they'll, they'll oftentimes turn around and nip at you. Or if the cat, if they've done that and, you know, you've reacted poorly, then they're not comfortable even expressing how they feel. And that creates a lot of anxiety. I mean, think about how you feel when you're in a relationship with someone, you know, a friend or something that makes it where you're uncomfortable expressing how you feel. And you don't ever want to put your cat in that in that position. So comfortably interacting, you know, avoid touching them in areas that they're, that they're sensitive, where they might not like.
2: You know, that happens with uh, even Pico. As, as wonderful of a cat he is, sometimes he has these little times where he's basically saying, okay, I'm ready to play, and instantly you want to put your hand down there and pet him, and he wants to try to nip at you and bite you a little bit. Uh, but if, as you have taught me, if I keep up that kind of action, then he's going to just know to attack my hand because that becomes the toy. So I have learned to, as soon as he starts that whole nipping, wanting to, you know, bite a little bit, I pull away and kind of walk away and let that all settle down just to keep it from doing that. But I used to, long before you educated me and you clicker trained me at that time, <laughs> I, I. Would put my hands down there and play with the cat, thinking that that was you know what what to do. And sometimes I would touch it in the wrong place or something. Not that it's a wrong place, but it's just at that time is an irritant for that yeah. cat. Yeah, so, could be I wrong
1: it. time. And that's and that's it. the thing is you got to play, pay close attention to their body language because it might be like with Pico. I don't ever touch him in places that. I mean, he doesn't really have any. He, he's perfectly comfortable with you touching him anywhere. But I try not to touch him in irritating places anytime. And, um, but I know that there are certain times that he's focused on something else or just doesn't want to be pet right then. And, you know, you pay attention to the cues and, and don't do it. And um, otherwise, you you might not get the response that you like.
2: You know, and that's an interesting thought because a lot of people go, it's a cat. We should be able to pet it any time. Cats are lap animals and we should be able to walk up and pet our cat because the pet is, the cat is there for us. But in reality, we live in the cat's world and not the other way around. And so we've got to pay exactly. attention to that. That mentality has to change. And I think you've just hit the clicker for me again and that's how i came up with that so
1: you know you know what's funny is we almost called this show that we almost called this show it's a cat's world and yeah we just, that was
2: that's that was, really what it is right mm-hmm. it is cat's world
1: that that was the runner-up name to cat talk radio and I actually had a a lot of people prefer that but i felt like cat talk radio was more straightforward
2: yay Okay, so we're getting down to the bottom. How about number nine? What's number nine on your list?
1: So number nine's easy. It's routine medical care, right? So if you, I mean, cats need annual health exams just like we do. And, you know, but when you take a cat out of its environment, it can be a very stressful event. So just, you know, they associate the carrier with going on scary rides and sometimes ending up in places where people are poking you with needles and things like that. <clears throat> so, maybe look for a mobile vet in your area. There just aren't enough mobile vets, and um, sadly, I I would love to have been a mobile cat-only veterinarian. That that would have been my my dream in life. And I know I'm going to get emails going. You still can be. No, yeah. that, that, that ship sailed. <laughs> no,
2: no, we've <laughs> yeah. we've seen folks with that, and it's really. Uh, you're talking about a cash drain. It it, it can be a cash drain. It's, it's well, beneficial, but it doesn't make as much money as you might think.
1: Uh, well, and of course, we have a nonprofit, so clearly we're not in this to make money. But... Um, You know, it's way too much school and and debt I would never pay off because I'm too old to be going back for that much school now. But at any rate, there are mobile vets in your area, not all of them cat specialists, and that's okay too. So just Google mobile vet in in your city and see what comes up. There'll probably be several and call them. Not all of them take new clients. They're in high demand, but it is so much less stressful on your cat to have a vet come to your home rather than loading it up and taking it. Not only is just that whole process stressful on your cat, but if you have multiple cats, and then your cat that went to the vet comes back smelling different, which they always do, all your other cats may start fighting with it because they're like, that's not that cat that left this morning. Who is this cat? And it's what's called unrecognition, aggression. And it's very common when one cat leaves the house and and comes back. So routine medical care is number nine. You know,
2: I got to uh, mention the fact to all those that don't know, Molly also um, goes and does cat trims at the house. And, and that really nail is. Nail
1: trims, a, not. not Quantify what I'm trimming there, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, not personal in you know, a cat trim, cat nail trims. Nail yeah. trims, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cat nail trims. All right, I'll get it not,
1: right. Not testicles, not. Yeah,
2: yeah, no not trimming,
1: ears, no, nothing. Not, Nothing like that. No
2: trimming like that. But, you know, going to their homes, you know, really helps to, you know, keep the cat calm. And, you know, it's in its own environment. And, you know, there are people that do take their cats to get their nails trimmed at the vet or other places. So, you know, that's.
0: uh,
1: Mm -hmm. That's also, I don't know many people other than me. Um, do that, but because I'm comfortable trimming cats' nails, so I don't have any problem even when it's a, um, a stray, uh, not a stray, but a strange cat, or I do have a couple clients with feral cats that live inside their homes, and, um, you know, it's a little more stressful for them, but a lot less stressful than loading them up and taking them to a vet, so, yeah, there's all kinds of things like that. You might have somebody in your community that's willing to do nail trim house calls,
2: Yeah, and and that really is something that takes anxiety and fear out of the situation. So I thought I'd bring that up in that situation. Okay, so here we are rolling down to the very last one, number 10.
1: Talk to us about what that is. Number 10 is plentiful resources. So you got to have, cats have to have everything we talked about, right? A great litter box private places, you know, whether that's up high, they've got to have climbing opportunities. They need scratching posts. They need food puzzles. I mean, they need a lot of stuff. And when you have multiple cats, you need to have at least one of everything plus the number of cats you have. So if you have four cats you're going to need, you know, five really comfortable sleeping spaces, ideal sleeping spaces, tall and out of reach in sunny spots in front of the window, hammock, you know. Um cuz cats, you know, they they do learn to share spaces, but if there's not enough for them to go around, it's going to cause a lot of stress and anxiety and and fighting, and fighting of course causes fear and all of these things we we don't want to have. And if and if you have a multiple cat household, and you don't have enough resources, like number of litter boxes, because by the way, that counts there, too. If you have four cats, you need five litter boxes, and they need to be spread out throughout the home. And if not, one cat may just quietly bully the pathway to the litter boxes by just laying there, and the other cats are uncomfortable going around it, and then they go in your shoes instead. So, resources.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you don't want that. (laughs) No, we
1: don't want that ever. Oh, my God. Surprise. Right. (laughs) So as a rule of thumb, one more of everything than number cats in the household. And that That, wraps up our 10 things that will reduce fear and anxiety in cats.
2: Wow, that is fantastic. And, you know, just to recap a few of those things. You know the private place, the the normal routine, the comfortable litter box, the feeding quality foods, uh, foraging. You know the scratching, the mental stimulation, the comfortable uh, interior stuff.
1: You know, no interacting. That was. <laughs> Oh, interesting. You must have wrote down a list and can't read your own handwriting. <laughs> you know exactly what it was. <laughs> is that what
2: happened? I, it blended together. I, I was writing in a very small space. <laughs> you know,
1: and, and I want to I want to also go back and touch a bit on, on routine. You know, I, I think I talked about it, but predictability is a big part of routine. You know, routine is things happening at the same time every day, but pr- predictability is things being... You know, predictable, and and that really means us, which means you know you should be kind of even keeled in your, in your mental state and in your noise level and things like that. Because when you're not, then you become unpredictable, and when you become unpredictable, the cat begins to fear you, and um, we don't we definitely don't want that because that just erodes your relationship.
2: Yeah, man, you know, that's a very good point. Okay, well, this has been a fantastic show, as always. And I hope everyone out there in the great big cat world has uh, had an opportunity to write down and, and clearly read their handwriting better than mine and uh, <laughs> to do that. But if you happen to not have all of that and can't read your handwriting and you can't seem to find the podcast again, just email Molly and she will you know give you the 10 and, and work with you a little bit on some of that. It's very interesting stuff. I'd like. also like to invite all of you out there that are listening to help support the work that Molly does. She provides these resources for free. She works many behavior cases for low-income families and does just about anything she can to keep cats out of the shelters, which that makes all the sense in the world. So if you also care about the plight of cat cats being out of shelters, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store, Cat Behavior Solutions, the website. Uh, scroll down past all the products to the bottom, and there's a donation amount and several other amounts uh, you can just add to your cart.
1: But don't scroll past the products like Dewey says. Get some stuff for your cat. Get those food puzzles, right? We sell those there. So go get the brown ball one and the fish ball one while you're there. And, uh, and then make a little donation to us because we don't take any salaries off this. There's no compensation to us for doing Cat Talk Radio, and um, and it's not free. So And we are building a bank of resources, a library of resources to you so that you can better care for your cat. And we're going to do that as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the, number the number one cause of, cause death, of death in cats. Until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on.
2: Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye.
0: You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.